0: Welcome to Cool Explorations, I'm your host Tony Peters. Today we're going to be talking to war veteran Joseph M. Leonard, author of Terror Strikes. He's going to talk about his time in the, in the army, uh, his tours of duty, uh, and what it did to him uh, mentally uh, and emotionally, and how God really brought healing into his life and uh, was able to really bring that, that support through this entire journey. Welcome to Cool Explorations. Today we have Joseph M. Leonard, author of Terror Strikes, and uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about his book. Uh, and uh, why don't you start off by telling us about who you are and what you currently do?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm a retired IT guy, but it isn't always what you personally know. It's who you know. You know, they usually say that about getting a job, right? But it's true of all things in life. You You garner a lot of knowledge from other people you know. Uh, And I say that, obviously, because people might say, well, why does an IT guy know about and have a terrorism book, right? (laughs) But, uh, and I've lived in Michigan my whole life. Uh, I choose to stay as much as I can't stand the winters. (laughs) (laughs) And I I always always used to vacation up around the Toronto area, although after 9-11, border security even though we got you out the border security going back and forth from canada and the u.s uh, at the northern states are kind of a pain so haven't been over there in in decades now but (laughs) and uh i've been writing my whole life uh just had an interest i had get the creative gene from my father's side of the family my dad had a polka band called the polka kings and they recorded three albums in the 70s and 80s i dabbled in music but it's you know you had not got a record deal to get anywhere then it's not like mm. today where you could just record and upload and sell direct <laughs> so uh, i stuck with the the written uh book form type thing but terror strikes coming soon to a city near you And it's important to denote the subtitle because there are a lot of books that start off Terror Strikes. So Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You is my first internationally published book. And uh, it's important to note, like we were joking prior to the show, Joseph M. Leonard. I'm from Detroit, Michigan area. The middle initial M is important because there's also another Joseph Leonard out of North Carolina that's an author. And, of course, while I've got nothing against his books, I want you to buy my book, of course, (laughs) (laughs) not his
0: books, right? (laughs) And Leonard has no O. Thank you. That that was going to be the
1: next thing out of my mouth. Yeah, L-E-N-A-R-D. It looked like Leonard, but it's actually Polish in some way, shape, or form. It was Probably Leonard Winsky or whatever at one point got chopped up. <laughs> so,
0: so for you, what was what's your your coming to to faith moment look like? Like, what was your life before you came to Christ, and what was your life after um, God came into your life?
1: Well, I was born and raised Catholic, uh, so I've you know never left the church. I've never left the faith. I've always been in the faith, and uh, so. That's kind of an odd question to be able to answer other than the way I did. But, uh, you know, it just, I can see a lot of ways that my life is shaped. And this book is part of it. it. It is not just a fun thing to do for me. I consider this book an important calling. And while its main theme is terrorism, that's not what it's all about. You know, family values, love over hate. This is an anti-hate book. So there's very important Christian values and themes in this book. So I like to say it's, it's a Christian book, per se, is and isn't in some respects. You know, it's not your normal fluffy Christian kind of book. But those values are there. You know what I mean? And uh, two, most of my writings come to me in a dream. So in a way, I I feel like those are gifts. Uh, Also, the opening of this book came to me in a dream in 2006. And I spent seven months writing it in 2006. I had a beginning. I had a good middle. I had a firm ending already. You know, normally most people have problems developing or anything? Not me. I had mine right from the (laughs) get-go. It was filling in the beginning to the end that there were holes. So I set it off to the side, you know, for new inspiration to come. I didn't suspect that it would take 15 years, however. (laughs) But in 2021, the dream came back. So I thought, okay, I get it. Now is the time for this book. Then wasn't right. Now is the time and it really is because with the wuhan virus hysteria people uh some people seem to have this weird notion that terrorism went away just because the news is full of wuhan hysteria yeah. and the terrorism is on you know page 20 of your paper uh rather than on the front page like it used to be it didn't go away it's still here and in fact it's coming back more with a vengeance which is why coming soon to a city near you is the subtitle that it can happen any minute at any place. It's not just a big city issue. Like, and it's an international book. There's a chapter on Toronto, Ontario, Canada, London, England, Madrid, Spain, and Tokyo, Japan. But again, it's not just a big city thing. And you can grasp that when you read my Tulsa, Oklahoma chapter. And, there have been more than 250 mass shootings in the United States this year alone. I mean, have you heard yeah. that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? It's been, it's been crazy to see actually the amount. Um, Cause I don't remember like that many in a year ever. Like it's, it's really, and it's a different type of terror. Uh, people think of terror as being like um, Muslim related or religious related. And uh, it is, a different type of terror that we're seeing now uh, a lot of it is cyber terror uh that we see now as well as uh just hatred that is that is going out and people stirring up that hatred and using that hatred as a weapon weaponizing it so love uh, as you say is an important message to get across because that really goes counter society right now uh, because it is hate-filled
1: <laughs> yeah and i i don't have specific chapter related to either mass shootings or cyber terrorism and being a former ID guy, you'd think, how could I leave that out? Right. <laughs> but I was of the mindset and, and I joke about it in the book because my book is faction, as I call it, historical fiction. It's a fictional story thread. But again, I mentioned those chapters that deal with real terrorism and my main character, Martin, is a Detroit newspaper man who decides to write a book about terrorism. So we follow him through his research towards writing his book. So uh, I forget where I was going with that exact point, (laughs) but uh, I I wanted to make the further point about the mass shootings and terrorism in general can happen anywhere. Uh, For those of you on video, you can see I'm holding up a piece of paper Just a few of the mass shootings. Iowa nightclub, April 10th. Uh, Arkansas Car Show, March 19th. Vegas Hookah Bar, February 26th. Virginia Hookah Bar, February 4th. Why do I mention those? Because what do they all not have in common? They're not in the big cities. Yeah, I was going to say they're all small cities. They can happen anywhere. And in fact, more rural areas are obviously less mass casualty impact, but they are softer targets. They are yeah. easier to hit. So they will be shifting, in my opinion. If they could do another 9-11, obviously they'd like to, and they will if they think they can. But majority of the terrorism will be shifting to more rural areas. Uh, because, again, softer targets, easier to hit. Uh, yeah. They still get the flash impact, though the death count may be smaller. But, you know, one death is one too many.
0: Yeah. Well, and we recently saw it here in Saskatchewan, which is also small town Saskatchewan. Uh, we saw a, a killer. It was on the American News, actually, as well. My cousin in uh, Texas had had mentioned she'd seen it on the news there uh we had a killing spree that they, they killed a number of people like over 10 people and they injured over 18 people just stabbing going around stabbing random people and shootouts with the police uh and uh all kinds of things it was it was crazy for us in Saskatchewan we're just like this is Saskatchewan like we don't see this kind of stuff we don't make national news for that kind of stuff but uh yeah like and that just drives home the point it can happen anywhere near you because yeah like like i said that's saskatchewan and yeah, there's a and lot you, of smaller communities you help make the point it, it isn't the gun
1: that kills it's the person yeah and if they don't have a gun they can still kill there are more people beaten to death in the united states by baseball bat than are stabbed and you know versus people who are shot so It's the person, and they can find a way to kill. Are we going to ban baseball bats because people kill with baseball bats? And I'm glad you mentioned the stabbing. I picked up my book. You probably saw me ruffling. Page 163, the London UK chapter opens. One day men will look back and say, I gave birth to the 20th century. Who was that? Jack the Ripper. Stabbings. London is rampant. It's like they are yeah. uh, modern-day Jack the Ripper's over there now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah, if people want to kill someone, they're going to find a way. Uh, and same with if people want a gun, they're going to find a way uh, to get a gun. so taking guns out of the hands of innocent people is not necessarily the way to go after it. You have to go, like I said, after the people. It's the people committing the crimes, not the weapon and uh, whatever they can get their hands on. That's what they'll use. So... It's uh, interesting that way. And uh, you uh, as well have had some issues with um, some mental health related stuff. And that always hits me close to home because of my own mental health issues. Um, can you explain a little bit about those and how you've coped with with those uh, mental health issues?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, for whatever reason, I have always had issues with anxiety and depression. And in 2004, I attempted to take my life. I, I tried to overdose on bills, uh, which one's is unimportant. And I actually still use those bills today uh, and on a, on a much lesser basis. I, I try not to, uh, you know, take them on a daily basis like I was back then, because I, I think that obviously contributed, but in and, and everybody's situation is different. So I like to be careful with this and, It is a major sub-theme in my book, Suicide Prevention, because you have the war on terror and our soldiers fighting and dying, and those who come back uh, wounded often have PTSD and have suicidal thoughts. 22 veterans a day in the United States, on average, commit suicide. So it's an important thing to me. But everybody's situation is, of course, different. So I'd like to be careful with that. But for me, it, I, I, like I said, I've always kind of had those issues and those thoughts and, and and dealt with them. But one day in 2004, it was like somebody else took over. I was there. It was my body. I could see and hear and feel what was going on. But it was like I wasn't in control anymore. And I took my nightly dose of the pill, then I took a couple more, then I took a handful, then I took the rest of the bottle. And and then, you know, all I remember is, you know, whatever time later waking up at the hospital. Uh, so I am a suicide survivor, as well as a cancer survivor. I had leukemia in 2010, whole other story. But uh, so... I've been there, I've done that. I know <laughs> what you're going through to some extent. Again, I, I don't wish to paint with a broad brush. Everybody's different. Everybody's situation is different, but it's important to me. It's obviously not something I prefer to talk about. It's embarrassing, frankly, it, you know, <laughs> but it's part of, uh, I think, a and purpose and part of the calling for this book uh, that I need to speak about it mm-hmm. to help others. And and if he, you need to reach out to family and friends, I mean, we saw a spike in suicide during the lockdown because oh, yeah. of the isolation. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's still isolated people. You need to reach out to family, friends. And like I like to say, everybody knows the movie It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. Right, Clarence? Well, you don't have to be an angel sent from heaven to be somebody's Clarence. You can be somebody's Clarence. Now, obviously, my life or your life isn't as dramatic as George's stopping a pharmacist from poisoning a child and killing a child and destroying that family's lives. Right? That's overly dramatic for a point and a purpose to make the point. but. Little things you do every day can make a difference. And I like to say this, I was on a show talking about my cancer. So let's talk in terms of that. What if you help somebody just by little things you do every day, preventing them from committing suicide, who then has a son or daughter who goes on to cure cancer? That person wouldn't have been here if you wouldn't help the person you did. So in a way, you help your cancer to some degree you can make a difference every life has meaning every life has purpose Uh, i mean look at me i'm now a number one best-selling author (laughs) right trying to help others so that may or may not be your future but your first your future has point has purpose has value
0: yeah and you never know the the impact of your actions uh long term like because yeah like you say one small act can make uh can have a ripple effect and it can make a a big difference you use the
1: official term butterfly effect yeah
0: exactly so that is important to remember and what can we as a church do to help those with uh, mental health issues uh cope with with these things and provide some kind of support for them
1: yeah, that, again, is a very difficult question because everybody's situation is unique. Everybody uh, is different. Like for me, uh, it, or well, for some, it's a chemical thing. For some, it's just uh, a, I don't know how to say it, just a mental state that it's not really chemical. For some people, medications can work if it's a chemical thing. They never worked for me. Uh, But that's not to say anybody taking meds should stop. (laughs) Everybody's situation is different. So how you deal with them has to be an individual and unique approach. But the main thing is, and again, and I said it myself, so I want to backtrack. I know how you feel. No, you can't say that. You don't. know how somebody else feels because you are not them. Everybody's situation is different. However, you can impart, like in my case, that I've gone through similar similar type issues and still to this day deal with them, you know, and again, just be somebody's clearance. Point out the butterfly effect. And that every life indeed does have value and meaning and you may never, ever know, again, unlike George in It's a Wonderful Life, who has pointed out the massive impact on that one family or the two families, the, the child that would have died and his family and the, the pharmacist and his family. Uh, again, you're not going to see something so obvious as was presented to George, but doesn't make your impact any less like i said of the cancer thing you know you help somebody who then has then perhaps a child who cures cancer that person wouldn't have been here without that assistance you gave
0: yeah well and sometimes i think people get to be afraid as well of the reaction that they're going to get when they when they try and, and help someone or, or approach someone uh, about these kind of things uh and we can look at uh, to kill a mockingbird too with uh, the relationship between uh, the the one who's in this house isolated everyone's afraid of this person because they're in this house isolated they never see them but then he comes out to rescue them when they really need it and it's like well that's kind of like us we feel like we're isolated sometimes with our mental health issues but if someone just reaches out and helps us we can kind of break that barrier. We can break that those those stigmas and be like, yeah, like, thanks for helping me. I appreciate the help. Uh, I appreciate you reaching out and you never know what impact that's going to have.
1: Exactly. Uh, you may get pushback. You may get denials and pushback. And, but I mean, you can tell when somebody's off, they're not themselves. Yeah. And just showing that you care and making sure they understand that their life is important in your own life might be enough just show you care just show you love them just show you want them around
0: yeah exactly uh and that that caring and going back to the love uh and then uh, that ties back in with again the terror thing like sometimes just showing you love someone you never know the impact that might and the might prevent one of these actions from happening because so many times We see it with especially school shootings where it's kids who just feel like they're alone, like they've been bullied and pushed into a corner to the point where it breaks them. And they have that release of energy and it's a negative energy and they kill people and hurt people and create terror. And it's like if people had just cared about them and shown that they truly cared about them, especially kids, because kids can be cruel. Uh, and so I, it is an important thing for kids to note is just show you care. Don't pick on someone because they're different. Just show you care about them. And you don't know the impact that's going to have in that person's life and other people's life. And, and again, the butterfly effect.
1: Exactly. And a lot of these are one parent households. They don't have yeah. the intact family structure, so you can help fill some of the void uh, that that. Family is lacking and uh, sports are important. There's a baseball thread in my book. So if you like baseball, I want you to read my book just for the interesting baseball thread. (laughs) But uh, throw that out there for mainly the Blue Jay fans, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But uh, sports, as, as much as I think soccer is so darn boring (laughs) it's a structure thing it's a team thing substitute team with family right
0: yeah well and that's that's why we see gang prevalence like so much in gang violence uh and again that is a lot of single parent households uh and it doesn't matter what background i'm not saying it's it's a black background or hispanic problem or a white problem. no it goes across all generations and it's a
1: human nature problem
0: yeah yeah and all cultures are involved in it all generations and we just see the gang replacing the family but it replaces it in a negative way yep and (laughs) and so we need to be trying to help them in a positive way and fill it in a positive way and that's our job as christians Uh, And that's our job as the church is to try and help people from a place of love and uh, in a positive way, instead of all the negativity we see in society prevalent now is negativity everywhere you turn. And we need to break that trend and be the love and the light for Jesus Christ and and the light for God in this world. Uh, So I think that is huge and that can help people with mental health. It can help with terror. Uh, It's just love. Breaks those barriers, and uh, we need to stop spewing hate and start
1: showing love. Exactly, and that is one of the major values and principles and points of the book. It's not a shoot 'em up, blood and guts kind <laughs> of a book. It's an intellectual pursuit, you know, and, and and that indeed being the poor point. And like I say, the Christian values are there, but without trying to be preachy. As, you know, some people say, I don't read Christian literature because it's too preachy, right? Well, I want to have those underlying values delivered without trying to take a Bible and beat somebody over the head with it, right? You know, (laughs) the stereotype of those Christians, right? (laughs) And you you can't get to somebody if you don't reach them in some way first. And and if, if, if you're book, in this case, is too loud, for lack of better terminology, in that respect, they're never going to pick it up. You can't reach them. So you have to find different delivery methods, which is why my two favorite Christian movies is, one is Risen, which is comes from the point of view of a Roman soldier. To me, yeah. that is a fantastic movie about the resurrection it was impactful
0: Uh, for sure i would recommend watching
1: yeah but i think really even more important than that my favorite christian movie of all time comes from blumhouse you know blumhouse the purge people they just had that weird fantasy island film uh (laughs) they do all these really dark films but blumhouse teamed up with a christian studio and made to me the best all-time Christian film ever called "The Resurrection of Gavin Stone." Now, some people hear that title and whoa, that's blasphemous, yeah? It's like, and the point of it is, it's a comedy. We've got to have a bit of a sense of humor, and again. It's important film because it comes from or comes at delivering our message in a different way that can reach people who are not going to go to a normal Christian film. They're just not going to do it. But Trace Adkins is in this film, you know, Uh, so there's a lot of people who will see the resurrection of Gavin Stone because it's a comedy But the message is still there. So it reaches far more people in the unique approach that it does. And that's uh, an underlying point of my
0: book, too. A different approach to reach people. Yeah. So looking back throughout your life uh, and in the process of writing your book, how can you see God at work throughout that entire journey uh, and process?
1: Well, I... I think I've kind of answered that just in my way of, yeah. you know, this being a calling and, and why the things are in it uh, below the overall terrorism thing. Again, the terrorism storyline is just the driving delivery mechanism. by which to make a whole lot of other additional points and, uh, to, to deliver them in a unique and different way so as to be able to reach people. Uh, I, I don't really know how much else mm-hmm. to answer that And other than, I mean, on any given day, I, I, I can see uh, the direction that I get and the comfort I get. I would be dead. I would be dead. <laughs> If it were not for my faith and and Christ in my life
0: yeah and uh that that's the important um note to to bring home there is uh that uh i would I could say the exact same thing in my own life that I would not be here today if it was not for Jesus christ uh and the love of God uh what advice would you have for the family of someone who's dealing with some kind of mental health? whether it's PTSD or suicide or depression, uh, how do the families approach this and cope with this?
1: Yeah, again, it's difficult because each situation is different. But I think the common relatable thread is, as we previously discussed, be there. Let them know you are there. If you're getting pushback you may not always get the pushback. Just remind them how much you love them, how much you appreciate them being in your life and that you are there for them. You know, you may not know the right words to say, but you'll be a sounding board for them. Just be a vessel for them to unload upon. And, you know, uh, there are no right things and wrong things to say. The important thing is, being there and letting them know how much you love them and care about them and want them around. And again, implore upon them the butterfly effect, and they may not realize the impact they're having, but every life has value and meaning and purpose.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing with us today and for coming on. Um, We'll put links to your, to your websites uh, in the description. Uh, So we have uh, www.terrorstrikes.info. And then we have www.josephmleonard.us. Uh, that's where you can find him. And uh, really, really appreciate uh, you coming on to speak to us. I appreciate you having me. I really do. It's You know, it's
1: being a first time internationally published. I, I'm the holder of a couple dozen copyrights. But most of those things were, you know, just locally distributed kind of thing. So this being my first internationally published book, it's it's hard to break through the noise. There are so many books that come out, you know, you think about how many movies there are and there are like a hundred times more books because a lot of the movies are of course based on written book, written words. So it's hard to break through the noise. It's hard to reach people. And then, like I said, terror strikes, there's a lot of books that have that overall theme So you need to remember terror strikes coming soon to a city near you to find my book. And of course, uh, being able to spell my name, right? So you, you get me and not that other guy. That's nothing against that other guy. I've I've never met him. Don't know him, (laughs) but obviously I want you to pick up my book, not his (laughs) got to keep a sense of humor, right? That's, that's an important thing here. And even though my book is very serious, let me add that, there is a chapter called Comic Relief. That's one of the important sub-themes, because if we're dealing with the seriousness of life 247 we'd be in uh, in a corner in the fetal position crying all the time. So you've got to maintain a bit of a sense of humor, too, in life
0: thank you for listening to Cool Explorations. You've just been listening to Joseph M. Leonard talk about his book, Terror Strikes. Uh, He's been speaking about his uh, tours of duty and what it did to him emotionally and uh, how God was able to really bring about healing into his life and has really supported him throughout his entire life uh, and his tours of duty. If you would like to reach me for any reason, you can do so at tpeters745 at gmail.com